Thank you very much, my sister Harriet. Uh, greetings, uh, children of God. Praise be to God. Uh, today is uh, a wonderful day because we are on uh, day one of the Lent season. Uh, God is so amazing. Uh, we just finished uh, 40 days of prayer and fasting uh, the other week. And now he's ushering us into another season of, uh, of waiting upon him. And um, our topic today is building spiritual resistance. And um, you know, the, the, the word resistance uh, uh, has to do with uh, the act of, uh, of resisting, of opposing uh, something. So resistance can be both passive uh, uh, and also uh, active. You know, so this building spiritual resistance, uh, there is a deposit that uh, God puts in us uh, that even when we don't do anything intentionally, we are able to resist. But then there is also the aspect where we are called to uh, actively uh, resist. Resistance has to do with uh, uh, not yielding to a force or to some external uh, pressure uh, or body. And the scripture says we are in the world but not of the world, you know. So the world would want us to yield, to conform to 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 to, to the pattern, to to the thinking, uh, to the behaviors that how the world behaves. But then spiritual resistance enable us to uh, not conform, not to go uh, in 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 that direction. So, friends, spiritual resistance is about hating what God hates and loving what God loves. The psalmist says in Psalm 139, verse 22, that I hate with perfect hatred. Uh, I hate them with perfect hatred. They have become my enemies. And he was talking about the enemies of God. You know, so uh, he hated uh, the enemies of God with perfect hatred. So if spiritual resistance is about hating what God hates, but loving uh, what God loves. Uh, Paul says in Romans 12, 9, uh, uh, let your love be sincere. Uh, hate what is evil, uh, but hold fast to that which is good. Uh, spiritual resistance is directly proportional to our obedience to God. Uh, the Bible says in, in, in Joshua 24 and verse 15, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, so uh, the obedience of Joshua and his household to God uh, enhanced their spiritual uh, resistance. The Bible says in Joel 3.14 that multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. So when we are in that valley, 
of decision to choose between what is right and what is wrong, to choose between what is of God and what is of the devil, to choose between what is of the spirit and what is of the flesh. Uh, it is our obedience to God that will uh, uh, win the day. Spiritual uh, resistance, I'm just still uh, 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 introducing, then we get into the, the, the main uh, thing. Spiritual resistance, again, friends, is uh, um, about having spiritual stamina. Now, the word stamina uh, uh, refers to endurance. Uh, it refers to prolonged uh, spiritual effort. And as we get into this uh, period of Lent, it takes endurance to go one day at a time until we get to the 40th day. It takes endurance to forego the things that the flesh might be craving for uh, in order to desire the things of the spirit. And Jesus told the, uh, the disciples in Luke 18 verse 1, uh, the Bible says, also Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to turn coward. In other words, not to faint, lose heart, and give up. So men, the Bible says, ought to pray and not give up. And so that is why we need uh, spiritual uh, resistance. And I would like us to look at uh, four aspects of, uh, of, of spiritual uh, resistance um, as we consider uh, this topic. And the first aspect, is the aspect of resisting sin. That uh, uh, spiritual resistance uh, is about and enables us to resist sin. And the scripture says in uh, Romans 6, I'll read from verse 12 uh, to verse 18, that let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Are we to sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you, who were once slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. So that is Romans uh, chapter uh, Romans chapter six uh, verses uh, twelve uh, to eight. Um, just excuse me a moment. Um, yeah. So spiritual resistance is about uh, resisting sin. And we see here in Paul writing to the Romans in chapter 6, verses 12 to 8, 
He talks about uh, two opposites. He says that uh, when one is uh, given to sin, they become enslaved to sin. But when one is obedient to God, then they become uh, slaves of righteousness. So, 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 so when we obey God, it gives us the capacity, the capability to be able to resist sin and to live and walk in righteousness. And Paul talks about us uh, moving away from a situation where sin rules over the mortal body. Um, I remember uh, a testimony which a brother gave. This brother gave his life to Christ. I think it was on a, fr on a Friday. And he was a smoker uh, before he became born again. So Saturday, he did not smoke. Sunday, he did not smoke. Now, Monday, the brother was going to school. He was in a day school. He was in senior five. And there was a woman, a vendor, from whom he would always buy a cigarette uh, and then smoke on the way to school. And uh, by the time he, he gets to the school gate, he would have finished smoking the cigarette and then he chews gum to remove uh, the, 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 the smell of the cigarette. So the brother says that when he got to the place where this woman did her business, without thinking, he just knelt down and the woman also, without him saying a word, gave him a stick of cigarette. And as he picked the stick and put it towards his mouth, then he remembered that, wait a minute, I became born again last Friday and I'm no longer a smoker. But you see, because his body had become a slave to smoking, even without him thinking, he was just uh, automatically, he was just uh, obeying the impulse of the body. So friends, sin can uh, uh, put us in that situation where it commands us to do what it wants. And that is why we need spiritual resistance to be able to overcome the power of sin, to be able to consciously refuse to yield to the pull and push of sin. And Paul says this comes when in our hearts we obey the standards of Christ. We receive the word of God and agree uh, in our mind and also in our heart and by our confession that we want to live according to the standard of that word. Then we become slaves freed from sin and uh, instead uh, become enslaved to righteousness. So that, friends, is one aspect of spiritual resistance, the ability to resist sin. The other aspect of spiritual resistance is about resisting the devil. The Bible says in the book of James chapter 4, verses 7 to 10, that submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be rich and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. So, uh, James says the order is this, that first we submit to God. 
Because it is Christ in us. That which the scripture says, he who is greater than the devil in the world, he has to first be in us. We have to first submit to him, to his lordship, to his rule. And then he gives us then the capability to resist the devil. And when we resist the devil, the result, the Bible says, is that the devil will flee. So first submit to God, then we resist the devil, and the devil uh, will flee. And James continues then to talk about how does this submission to God happens. He says we have to draw near to God. So we have to make a choice to come near to God. Now, like in this period of prayer and fasting, you make a choice uh, that I want to be near God. You, uh, I, I want to be in the place of prayer. I want to study his word. I want to fellowship. I want to witness about him. So you have to draw near to God. And the Bible says when we draw near to God, then God in return will draw near to us. Then also it talks about cleanse your hands. In other words, stop doing what is evil, what is you know is sinful. That is about cleansing the hands. Then it says purify your heart, you double-minded. So in our hearts, we set aside Christ as Lord, and we are not of, uh, you know, of a divided opinion whether it is right to submit to Christ or not. It is something that we are single-mindedly uh, committed to. Then he also talks about mourning and weeping. In other words, repent. Repent about sin in your life. Repent about sin in the community, repent about sin in the family, repent about sin in your place of work, in your school, in your uh, in the church, mourn and weep. So those are the, 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 the elements of submitting to God. And when we submit to God, then we are able to resist the devil and the Bible says the devil will flee. The third aspect of spiritual resistance is resisting false teachings. And, um, and this I want to break into three parts that it, it entails recognizing who is a false teacher, rebuking the false teacher, and resisting the false teacher. Now, Titus, uh, um, and I'm going to use Titus chapter 1, verses 10 to 12 reads, For there are many rebellious people full of meaningless talk and deception, especially those of the circumcision group. They must be silenced because they are disrupting whole households by teaching things they ought not to teach, and that for the sake of this honest game. One of Crete's own prophets has said it, Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. So, here, Titus gives us three things that can help us to recognize false teachers. First, it talks about their character. It says that they are rebellious people. They are full of meaningless talk. And then it talks of them being deceptive. And uh, uh, so, um, I don't know, you know, so, 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 so said, look at the character a rebel, 
uh, talks a lot, but when you look at it, it is not meaningful. When you look at the thing, it is not consistent with scripture. Uh, but then they also are deceptive. They are deceiving uh, people. Then he talks about the tactics of the, 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 the false teachers. He said they disrupt whole households. And here my mind went to uh, a fellow called Kibwetere uh, several years back, you know, uh, disrupting the whole household that, you know, people were uh, taking what belonged to the household, the wealth of the household, and giving it to Kibwetere, doing things stealthily, uh, creating uh, a division and, uh, and, 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 and the other members of the household are saying, this is a wrong way to go, but because this person has been deceived, they prefer to go that way. Then he talks about their motivation, that the reason they do this is for dishonest gain. I remember sometime, I think it was about maybe two, two, 2005, I was in a taxi in the morning and two men started talking to each other. And one of them said, one way of making money today is to start a church. So what you do, you go and hire a place where people can meet and then also go and hire a pastor to, uh, uh, to, to, to do the meeting, to run the meetings. And then for you, you are in charge the, of the offertory that whatever money comes, you receive it and then you pay the pastor. And I was like, wow, this is what people are thinking of doing that they think that ministry is for the sake of dishonest gain. And we, we, uh, we have heard about this, we have encountered this. So recognizing the false teacher by their character, by their tactic, and by their motivation. But Titus moves on in, uh, in, in verse 13 of chapter one and 14 and says, this saying is true, therefore, rebuke them sharply so that they will be sound in the faith and will pay no attention to Jewish myths or to, the, or to the merely human commands of those who reject the truth. So Titus is saying the second thing about uh, resisting uh, false teachers is that they need to be rebuked. And we know there are people uh, who talk about uh, choosy, uh, they, they, they want to mix uh, different uh, uh, things, you know, they, 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 they believes uh, in spirits uh, with beliefs in Christ. But the Bible says we need to uh, rebuke them. We'd rather be biblically correct than be politically correct. And then thirdly, the false teachers need to be resisted. And uh, Titus continues in verse 15 and 16, to the pure all things are pure, but to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and conscience are corrupted. They claim to know God, but their actions, but by their actions, they deny him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good, and this need to be resisted. Now, fourthly, about building spiritual resistance. It is what will enable us to resist the anti-Christian culture. And the anti-Christian culture, um, there are two manifestations of it. Number one is 
the danger of isolation that uh, to, uh, that the Christian is isolated. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 10 and verse 25, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all them more as you see the day approaching. So the writer to the Hebrews says, we should not give up the habit of fellowship. But friends, if there's one thing we should have learned is that isolation can be very real. During the COVID lockdown, uh, we were not able to have physical fellowship. Uh, we, some of us migrated to the online fellowship, but other people totally fell off. I, I remember I visited a church in Kampala in uh, September last year. Before COVID, this church used to have three Sunday services and each of the services would be full. And I think there was one service which would actually overflow. But I, I, I went through the three services on that September Sunday and none of the services was even half full. So that friend shows us the danger of isolation, that there are people because of the prolonged isolation of the lockdown, they then stopped the habit of meeting together. One praise that they have continued in the faith and not completely fallen off. But the other thing about uh, the, 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 the anti-Christian culture is indoctrination. Um, the Bible says in Romans 12 and verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be pleasing and perfect will. So the worldly indoctrination is taking place all the time. It's taking place through education, through entertainment, through societal expectations. Uh, you know, the, 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 the young Young ladies, they are now with the preponderance of social media. Now, this worldly indoctrination uh, targets number one, the, the, our faith in God. And it says, you know, it is okay for you to have faith in God, but maintain your faith as a personal thing, as a private thing. Your faith should have no bearing on how you behave uh, or what you say in public. Your faith should be private and don't talk about your faith. And yesterday, our sister Pamela said that God is not a secret to be kept. God uh, is, um, is to be uh, publicized. So for the believer, we do not light our lamp and then hide it under a basket, but, but rather put the lamp out, it should not be personal, but it should be public. It should affect how we think, how we speak, how we behave in public. Uh, the other part of the worldly indoctrination says that all religions are valid. Uh, and, and friends, you know that the same donors who question our stand against the normalization of homosexuality are the same donors who bankroll the interreligious council. You know, so on the one side, they are saying all religions, all religions 
are equal. They take, take you to God. And that we know is a lie because the Bible says that it is only Jesus who is the way, the truth, and the life. The other thing about worldly indoctrination is that it says that the purpose of life is to enjoy oneself by finding what makes uh, uh, one happy, uh, even if that is at the expense of your family, at the expense of the church, or even at the expense of society. It is the philosophy of what is in it for me. It is the philosophy of follow your heart. And friends, that is why uh, um, corruption is such a big problem in our country and even among believers because we have given into this indoctrination of enjoying ourselves at whatever cost to others and at whatever cost to our faith. The fourth aspect of the worldly indoctrination is that the human person can be reinvented and recreated in line with whatever identity a person chooses. It is uh, a thinking that goes against Genesis 1 and verse 27. Genesis 1, 27 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God, he created him male and female. He created them. God created two gender, the male gender and the female gender. But you find that people are now confused. They're talking about pronouns. Uh, they, 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 they are giving pronouns uh, to their children. Uh, it is uh, all in the effort of reinventing and recreating uh, the person's identity according to whatever they choose, but not according to what God created. So friends, now, as I come to a close, I just want to point out a few tools of spiritual resistance. Uh, tool number one is faith. The Bible says in Matthew 17, 20, he said to them, because of the littleness of your faith, uh, that is your lack of uh, uh, that is your lack of family uh, relying trust in God. For truly, I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to yonder place, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. So, friends, faith is an important tool of spiritual resistance, which can enable us to move mountains. The second tool that I want to highlight is the redeeming blood of Christ. Bible says in Revelation 12 and verse 11, and they have overcome, in other words, they have conquered, they have resisted him by means of the blood of the lamb and by the utterance of their testimony. For they did not love and cling to life even when faced with death. Hallelujah. So the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Christ, is an important tool in resistance. But again, in that same verse, they bring out another tool, and that is the testimony about Christ the testimony about our faith in Christ, the testimony about the person of Christ, the testimony about what Christ has done for us is also an important tool 
uh, for resistance. And friends, we need to testify uh, about what Christ uh, has done so that it can uh, be an effective uh, tool. And you know, the, 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 the three friends of Daniel, in Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 and 18, uh, the, the Bible says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, it is not necessary for us to answer you on this point. If our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image which you have set up. So these people had a testimony of their God. They knew that their God was able to deliver them. But they said, even if God chooses not to deliver them, still they were not going to bow down to the idol. Hallelujah. The other tool is the word of God. The psalmist says in Psalm 119 and verse 11, your word have I laid up in my heart that I might not sin against you. Uh, Jeremiah 23, 29 says, it is, is not my word like fire that consumes all that cannot endure the test, says the Lord, and like a hammer tool. Uh, then the other one is the prayer. Yes, James, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for concluding. Thank you for sharing with us. Brethren, let's just receive the word. Father, we thank you for this time like this. Thank you for your word. We thank you for your servant, James. Thank you for the word that he has spoken to us. Lord, we receive this word. We receive this word because it's what you have prepared for us for this day. Father, we are grateful that you love us this much, that you correct us, that you guide us. Father, we seal this word in the blood of Jesus that it may germinate in our lives, it may germinate in our hearts. Father, that we will live according to this word. Lord, we also want to thank you for your servant, James. Thank you for the word that he has given us, the word that you put in his heart to deliver to children. Lord, we pray that you cover him. We pray that you cover his family, cover his family, cover his wife, cover his work, King of Glory, that Father, as he moves, he may be a living testimony, that his work may testify of who you are. Father, we pray that no weapon of the enemy will reach near him, not near his family, not near all his loved ones. King of glory, may your blood cover him. May your blood cover his work in the name of Jesus. Amen. Brethren, James has given us a number of things. And um, we just need to brace ourselves and, and walk into this. One of the things is we need to obey the standards of Christ and we need to obey his word because the standard of God is his word. There's nothing else that we can do outside the word of God, outside the Holy Spirit. So it's our prayer that even as we walk, that we may be able to obey the word. So in disobeying the word, we need to resist the devil. So let's just pray over that, that the presence of the Holy Spirit will, will help us. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you love us, that even each and every time we have a standard to live with. Lord, it is our prayer that we may not run after any other thing. 
Help us, King of Glory, to obey your word. Help us, King of Glory, to use your word as the standard at which we live. Help us, King of Glory, to resist the devil for anything that the devil brings our way, which is not of your word. Give us the courage. Give us the ability. Give us the strength. Give us the presence of the Holy Spirit that we may be able to resist, that we may be able to resist whatever standard of this world. King of glory, we know that many times we have gone after our own desires. We have set our own standards. But this day, Lord, we return to you. This day, Father, we come to you and pray that you forgive us. Forgive us where we have lived as our heart desires. Forgive us, Lord, where we have lived as per the standard of this world. Forgive us, Lord, where we have lived as per the standard of the many other things that we see that is pleasing in our eyes. Father, we pray that you give us the courage, give us the strength to resist the devil. Give us the strength to resist anything that is of this world. Father, when we do that, we will be able to submit to you. Help us, help us to submit to you, to submit to your word, to submit to the presence of the Holy Spirit, to submit to your guidance. Father, we cannot do this when we are on our own. We pray that we may be able to draw near to you Draw near to you so that we may be in the place of prayer. Brethren, we know that we can only draw near to God by being in the place of prayer and by studying his word as our brother has said. I, I request that you just lift up your voice and ask the Lord to give you strength, to give you courage, to study his word, give you strength to draw near to him. Father, we know that many times we just we have talked about prayer. Even on this call, when we are called to pray, most cases we are listening. But Father, this day we are praying that you baptize us with the spirit of prayer, baptize us with the spirit of understanding, baptize us with the fire of the Holy Spirit, that we may grow less prayer. Take us to that place where we desire only you. Take us to that place where we listen to you. Lord, 
that we will cover ourselves in the blood of Jesus. And Father, the devil will do us no harm. We pray Lord, that our testimony, our testimony will be able to draw men and women to yourself. Give us a testimony about Christ. Give us a testimony about your blood. Give us a testimony about the things you can do and the things you have done in our lives. King of glory, that our testimony will let men and women know you. Will let men and women know that there is a God. Father, you have given us another tool, which is your word. And your word is ever with us. We pray, King of glory, that we may be able to hide your word in our hearts, that we may not sin against you. For Lord, without your word, what will be our measuring yard? Father, we pray. We pray that we may not conform to the standard of this world. We pray that we may not be led astray by the things, everything that glitters and looks like it is your word. We pray, King of glory, that we may know your word and be able to pray into it and be able to walk according to it. Father, we give you glory. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving us this much. Thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit. Thank you for giving us the blood of Jesus. Thank you for calling us your very own. For Lord, this gives us the courage, the courage to walk according to your word. Father, this gives us the courage to call you Abba, Father, and speak to you anything that disturbs our mind. Father, I pray that each and every day that we walk in this Christian life, that we may surrender to you, that we may depend on you that we may call upon you lord for lord without you we are nothing without you we are nothing for lord you are a friend who changes not father we look everywhere we have looked into our finances we have turned to our status we have turned to our jobs but lord our help does not come from there we cannot resist the enemy because we are so rich we cannot resist the enemy because we sleep in posh houses but Lord, it's only your spirit. It's only your word. It's only the faith that comes from knowing you that will help us to resist the enemy. Lord, create in us a clean heart. Create in us a new heart. Create in us a new desire, a new yearning, a new thirst that we may be able to walk according to your word. We give you glory, Lord. We thank you for this day. We thank you for speaking to us. We thank you for guiding us. We give you glory. We give you praise. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.